Thank you for joining us for this portion of the Women Inseparable Value series, Proclaim Jesus. Here's Jacqueline. This is week three of our Proclaim Jesus series. We are going to see ourselves before the throne today. Last week, we got to see ourselves at the cross. This week, we get to see ourselves before the throne. We're going to do so by looking at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter two, specifically verse number nine is what we're going to look at with this Hebrews two, verse nine. This verse, if I can give glory to whom glory is due, um, I was, yesterday was a busy day for me and throughout the day I kept praying and telling, I was telling God, I need to spend time in preparation for our study today. This is what I was telling God and God kept telling me, no, you don't. I've got it taken care of. So throughout my busy day and getting things that needed to be done, focusing where I needed to focus, God kept telling me, stop telling me <laughs> that, you, that you need to prepare for tomorrow. I've got it taken care of. Trust, trust. So then this morning, which is technically today, right at two o'clock this morning, nine minutes past the hour, God woke me up out of a deep sleep. And he says, I've got it taken care of. Look at Hebrews 2.9. So at 2.9 this morning, 2.09 this morning, I pulled up on my phone, Hebrews, and I almost just cried. God always has it taken care of. This is what we're doing. We are going to see, we are going to see what it looks like to be before the throne. And the beautiful thing, if I can talk for just one quick minute before we look at scripture, Hebrews 4 tells us to come boldly before the throne. And the thought of that is an immense thought that we get to go boldly before the throne. We have access to go boldly before the throne because of where we saw ourselves last week at the cross. Because of our salvation sentence, it says, I, Jacqueline, needed the love of a father and I received the love of the father through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because we have our salvation sentence, we now have access to the throne of God. If we do not have our salvation sentence because we have not received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have no space at the throne of God. It's a powerful sentence, isn't it? We always, there's always room at the foot of the cross, but, but to come before the throne of God, that's an open door to his children. And we need to do that with boldness. For me, when I think about that, I think about what that's going to look like for all of eternity. Do you do that? When you think about going to the throne of God, I instantly go to eternity. Well, once we're in eternity and we're in there forever and always, we're going to be singing worship always before the throne. There's no darkness. It's always light. It's going to be amazing and powerful and the worship and the noise and the volume that's always going to be in heaven. It's an overwhelming, abundant thought before the throne. But this passage was written to humans which means this passage was written to you and me today. And today we're alive in flesh. But at the same time, alive in flesh, we have that same right to be before the throne of God who is in heaven in all of eternity. So we get to perfectly blend our life of eternity and our life on earth at the same time before the throne. Is it almost too big to comprehend? We need to try to wrap our head around the fact that when we are in prayer, when we are before the throne, we are literally in our existence in eternity. We need to see that level of boldness. 
we need to have that visual in our head when we're before the throne so that sometimes, sometimes we get on our knees in prayer and we see the couch. You ever done that? You know, I got him talking to the couch. Or I see my floor. Oh, I need a vacuum. And we, we see our physical existence because we're human praying in a physical existence. But if we can wrap our head around what that looks like before the throne of God. And every time we get on our knees before the throne of God, we visualize what that throne looks like. What does that look like? And before you start saying, okay, God, here's my prayer list. We were talking about prayer agendas this morning, just in girl giggles. But as we sit before the throne, we always have our prayer list, don't we? We always have the matter in our heart that we want to lay down. So we get on our prayer position. We get before the throne of God and we're like, okay, hi, God. Thank you for this day. Bless your holy name. Here are my prayer requests. And we lay them down. What would happen if we paused even hit our prayer list, hit our agenda, and just sat there and thought for just a minute. Just think for just a minute. What do I see? What do I see? Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe you want to keep them open and see what do you see at the throne of God? When you hear that question, even right now, what do you see? What's the first thought that comes to your head? If I'm sitting there and I'm not looking about my living room or my prayer closet and I'm seeing myself before the throne, what's the first thing my, that my mind saw? I asked myself that this morning while I was looking at Hebrews 2.9 and it was the hand of God. The hand that's so big and this is just mine. Yours will be different. Our sights are going to be so vast in heaven. But his hand is so big that it holds the immeasurable existence of eternity it's his hand, but at the same time as his daughter were sitting before the throne as his hand touches us. And I just saw the hand that I've known my whole life. That's what I saw when I sat before the throne. And then I giggled and I wanted to see more. Like, God, I want to see more. What do I see when I'm before the throne? What do you hear when you're before the throne? Before you lay down your agenda, before you lay down your prayer requests, Think about what you hear before the throne. What do you hear? Are you the only one in all of eternity that's going to be before the throne of God? Or is your best friend going to be there too? And if your best friend is there too, this is, this is beautiful. You're both there before the throne of God, rightfully so, because you've both claimed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're both there and you're both seeing the throne of God and you're both hearing each other's prayers of words of acclamation being thrown. And your words are being crisscrossed over before the throne of God intermingled in a beautiful sound. What do you hear when you're at the throne of God? Do you hear the cries from others before the throne of God? Do you hear the groaning of the Holy Spirit that we read about in Romans 8? Can you hear the groanings taking place from the Holy Spirit before the throne of God? As you're laying down your words of praise and your best friend is laying down her prayer request that you know is so heavy on her heart before the throne and the groaning from the Holy Spirit being thrown before the throne of God. The questions of doubt, God, I asked you to do this for me and you haven't done this for me. And those words are five people down and you wonder, God, maybe you need to answer those requests. Maybe, 
Maybe I'll come back and ask my request later. Can I join those prayers over there? And I know that person five down is in such agony over why her timeline isn't matching your timeline. And Father God, can I pour my prayers right now over her? Because that's what I'm hearing at the throne of God. What do you hear? What do you see? Look at what Hebrews 2 tells us. Hebrews 2 verse 9 it says, but we see him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. We could put Jesus at the beginning of the sentence so we know exactly what we're looking at, what we're seeing. It says, but we see Jesus who for a little while was made lower than an angel. He was made in the likeness of man, namely Jesus, crowned with glory. What do you see when you're at the throne of God? Crowned with glory, crowned with honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. We saw ourselves last week at the cross and we sat there at the cross and Jesus died on the cross so that we could live before the throne of God crowned right there next to the throne of God with glory and honor. So that changes our vision just a little bit. And this one really, um, I don't know if the word shook, I don't even know what word I, I have no words for this. This is where I am presently since two, nine this morning but whenever I'm before the throne of God I picture my father I picture God on the throne but Hebrews 2 9 says that Jesus Christ the one who died and suffered death for me to have access before the throne of God is crowned with glory and honor on his throne and I don't know if ever in all my years of praying have I ever pictured myself before the throne of God and before the throne of the Lamb at the same time. I sat in silence for a long time this morning, little overwhelmed at what I saw in heaven. And it's not like I'm going to sit here and say, I had this spiritual revelation that was so blinding and so color. Just the reality of me and my humanness being able to lay my prayer request for the things that are on my heart before the throne of God, the very hand of my father that has touched me and held me since I received him as a child, right next to the very one who opened the door for me to be before the throne of God, sitting there with his crown of glory and his crown of honor. And they're both sitting there and before me. And that thought was just overwhelming. Just the thought of it in my flesh that I had that opportunity to do so to the point that I had no words. Like God, I had my, I had my prayer list that I wanted to bring before the throne this morning. I was getting ready to teach today. I'm teaching on Thursday. I've got a book that I'm more, I, I have my prayer list and I had my prayer list ready to lay before the throne this morning. And I had not one word to say before the throne of my God and the throne of my King who opened the door for me to come to this throne. What do you see when you're at this throne? What do you hear when you're at this throne? Next time you find yourself before the throne, pause for a moment before you lay your prayer request down and see 
hear, touch, use your senses and literally there. And I'm wondering if at that point, Hebrews 4, 16 makes a little bit more sense where we get to go before the throne with boldness. I wonder if that makes a little bit more sense because you see your place there and it builds your confidence because of what Jesus did on the cross and because my place at the cross, I do have access here. I am, I am worthy to be here because I'm a daughter and a daughter is always worthy before the love of a father. You don't ever ask your earthly father, can I give you a hug? Do you love me today? You, you, it's a natural response is what I hear. <laughs> our father loves us. And because of that, because of our salvation through Jesus, we are worthy to be before the throne with boldness. What would happen if we wrapped our head around that? When it comes to our study of proclaiming Jesus and leading other people to Jesus, leading people to the foot of the cross so that they can gain access to the throne of God, here's the homework challenge for this week. We had our salvation sentence formed together last week. We've had a full time period to process our salvation sentence. The goal this, this week during this, this um, portion of our study is to be able to form that sentence at the safety and in the boldness before the throne. So as you're sitting there before the throne and you look around and you ask yourself, what do I see? Or namely, who do I see before the throne? I know this person beside me before the throne because I know this person knows her salvation sentence. I know that. I don't have to ask her, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I've already asked her that. I already know that this person knows Jesus as their Savior. So in the safety before the throne of God, I'm going to look and see who do I know that knows for sure that they're before the throne of God and I'm in prayer with them at the throne. I'm going to make that list. These are the people I know for sure. I don't need to ask. I know for sure that they know for sure that they are before the throne of God. And in the safety of that dialogue before the throne of God, before the throne of the one who's crowned with glory and honor, I'm going to ask and share salvation sentences there. And I'm going to grow my dialogue there. And we're going to remember the forgiveness of sins that happen in each of our lives. And we're going to remember our individual stories, but we're not going to gush our whole story out. Not yet. We know our stories. Don't gush your stories yet. Remember your, your forgiveness of sins, placement in life. Remember your salvation sentence. And as you are in dialogue with one another, ask simple sentences and see if you could, in pretense, lead one another to the Lord simply by using your salvation sentence. So person one is going to say, here's my salvation sentence. Person two is going to say, okay, so I'm going to hear that in my, my sin before I got saved. And here's my question. And then you're going to build and don't ask questions like, well, I think this unsaved person would ask that, or I think this Christian person would ask that just be you, just be you and ask and receive questions one from another. Give yourself five minutes and see how that conversation went. What part of your story came out in that conversation? Don't let your whole story come out. Only the story that comes upon that one conversation. Does that make sense? And then go through your list. Okay, who else is before the throne? 
there's that person. I'm going to give that person my salvation sentence and figure out what part of God, my story is God going to use in this dialogue. The prayer is by the time you're done with this week of all the different people that you know, that you know is already saved, check and see how much of your story God used through all these different conversations. So by the end of the week, you've poured out your entire story. Little bit here, little bit here, little bit here, little bit here. Because God knew that person needed that part of you. And that person needed that part of you. And see how God can lace your entire story as a light to the world around you. That's the challenge. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.